You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. All right. It's Wednesday. Pre-blizzard, snow apocalypse. The Himalayas coming to Kansas City. The pre the pre-blizzard. Yeah, there you go. You blizzard guy at Dairy Queen. I I get, get two ingredients. What are they? I get the Andes equivalent. What do they call it? The concrete. Ah, I always just get the James Brown filler or whatever that dessert's called. The, the James J- Funky Brown Jackhammer. That's what it is. Not definitely not filler. Uh, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens here with you. Grant Nicholson as well. It is a another Wednesday for the uh, record books. What I mean by that is there's a lot of people out there that had Chiefs future bets that they probably cashed uh, on Sunday, right? I mean, it took you a little bit to to solidify it, but I believe their win total this year, according to Vegas and DraftKings, was 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. There's one. Uh, division odds to win were, I think, plus 450 at the beginning of the year. There's another one. Um, so congratulations to all of you. Thanks for joining us on another Arrowhead Pride Wednesday show here on 610 Sports Radio, Chief Editor of the website and everything that you read. Pete Sweeney, how are you in this week? I'm doing well, and I also think there's a, another bet that could be cashing soon with Jalen Hurts suddenly injured, and that's mm. the MVP bet with Patrick Mahomes retaking the lead as the favorite with some of the, the books out there. And as long as he continues to put up these numbers, if Jalen Hurts is out of the mix, then probably going to win the MVP. Yep. Uh, which would be very nice for myself. I'm sure you have uh, some sort of indication on that. Uh, Grant probably as well. We're all degenerates when it comes to betting. Once it's legal, uh, it's not really frowned upon. But uh, this is Arrowhead Pride Radio. This is week 15. Uh, Ron Kopp at 615, as always, the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride Radio. But, Pete, I want to start the show off tonight. I don't want to be dark and gloom. Sky is falling. But is this Super Bowl winning team or is this just a Super Bowl appearing team? I think right now it is a playoff team. I don't mm. I don't know if you can get out of the AFC tournament if it started tomorrow. I don't think I would feel confident. I, I was going through this with CDOT before, and you're really trying to think about, well, what is the road in the playoffs? So right now they're the number two seed. You could see a scenario in which the Chiefs would have to start with the New England Patriots, or right now it would be the, the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Then you would play the Bengals. Then you would play the Bills. And then probably the Eagles. And I, I just think at this stage, and we have three weeks to go, so you could feel better maybe in three weeks. At this stage, do we really think they're going four for four in those games? Like if you're really being honest with yourself at this stage, do you believe that? And I just 
I don't know if I'm there. I could see them winning, but I'm I'm not as sure about the Chiefs at this time maybe than I was in, in previous years. And, and in those years, even though I was more sure about them, they didn't always go to the Super Bowl. Like, no one predicted the, the Bengals thing was going to happen. So I think we just got to let the next couple of weeks play out, and maybe you'll feel a little bit more confident when the playoffs actually start. What's the biggest concern that's caused you to kind of regress on the on the way the season maybe was feeling about week eight week nine is where we are at week 15 well I think that that there was just more time so there were a couple shots that, that Buffalo could have lost games and and they didn't end up losing the Jets gave them a little bit of a scare way scarier for them against Miami they do have three tough games left I, I'm not even really riding off the Chicago Bears I think they can lose that game but as time goes on, they're getting closer and closer to locking up what would be a week of rest, which is huge. We mm-hmm. know that in Kansas City. And then having to play what would be an AFC title game in Buffalo, I think that's the first thing. And then when you look internally, there's just a lot of issues, I think, with the Chiefs. And when you're talking about these type of issues, it's, it's first-world problems in a way. It's the NFL version of first-world problems because, mm-hmm. as you eloquently mentioned – they won 11 games, so this is a team that we're, we're pointing out the flaws about that is still managing to win most weeks. And you look at it, and I think tackling is sometimes something that, that could be better. I think that defensive line play when you're only rushing four and not blitzing, even though Colin Saunders was very active today to tell people why, why they were wrong about that. There's an experience in the secondary, and you're seeing that get exploited a little bit. I think the the kicking game is something that is worth watching, and then the tackle play has left some some room there to to be better. And so, there's problems, and I understand where people are coming from now because you're beating the bad teams. And yes, it's just barely, but right around the corner, you're going to be facing these elite teams where you need those problems shored up. And so, a little bit of everything. But I I think the 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 grand takeaway that I have right now is you have three weeks to feel a little bit more confident and to. In a, in a nutshell, clean it up. And I, I think three weeks from now, we'll feel a lot better about all these things than we do right now. He was at practice today, so the injury report is out. Grant, let's file up the injury report. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. So maybe this will give you a little bit more confidence as you were there today. They practice, which I find this odd. Maybe I'm overlooking this a little too much. They practice indoors today, but the doors were open. Yeah, um, they're getting ready to play a game where the I believe the kickoff temperature is going to be maybe five, maybe six, mm-hmm. and then the wind chill is going to feel like negative eleven. Um, but also, well, who was there, who wasn't? What's the concern? I think what you're seeing right now is the Chiefs being a little bit careful here because you're more apt to get sick outside, and there's currently an illness going around the Chiefs. Both coordinators, Steve Spagnuolo and Eric Bieniemy, came to the podium today and actually were making jokes about being healthy, mm. laughing in, in the sense of they're just trying to be cautious. Eric Bieniemy was actually wearing a face mask uh, to, you know, pre- if he was feeling anything, he was just trying to prevent his players from getting anything. Steve Spagnuolo came up and said, I'm here and I'm healthy. And they added another player to the sickness list today in Dion Bush. Colin Saunders and Mike Dana have been out of practice for two days. The good news is Chris Jones was sick to start the week, but he was back to practice mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Tight end Jody Fortson, getting the feeling that we're not maybe going to see him for a little bit while. Saw him bopping around the building. He's got a big cast uh, elbow issue right now. And Blake Bell's been practicing. McCole Hardman's been practicing. They haven't been activated yet. I, I believe Hardman will be activated by the end of the week. We'll see about Blake Bell. 
it seems like they have a new strategy when it comes to these injuries of ramping these guys up. So I'm not, even with the Fortson thing, I'm not sure if you necessarily see Bell this weekend, but he's coming. Uh, and so I think you're feeling okay. I, I think some of these guys that are sick, especially Saunders and, and Dana, to me, they're veterans, right? So sure, you'd wish they were at practice, but I, I think these are the type of guys where if they're feeling healthy by the time the game starts on Saturday, they might be out there anyway. And then the other side, anything released from Seattle yet? I know that they have guys that are like Tyler Lockett, but maybe not anything's been released from from Seattle. Nothing as far as the, the Wednesday report yet. Tyler Lockett, we expect to be out of that mix with the, the sure. hand issue, which is a big break for the Chiefs. So, I, you know, I think it's one of these games, especially now you take that weapon away where you stop the run game. Because no matter what, they're going to run the football. Because yeah, Kenny Walker didn't practice either, right? And then, no. And then you you lock in on on – DK Metcalf and if you're able to curb Metcalf a little bit extra attention you have a really good offense with Patrick Mahomes you should be able to take care of this game in my opinion so back to the other side the good guy side Hardman you think should be back this week I know Andy Reid talked about ramping him up and getting him ready for the playoff run but Tony was back last week looked like they used him more than maybe you and I both expected we we saw him right out of the shoot uh well maybe you maybe I, I expected about 10 snaps okay I thought they'd use him less. I didn't know they were going to use him. I thought they were going to literally just put him on the, the field as a decoy. The thing that surprised me was him starting at punt return. That's what, I, that's what I'm kind of getting because at, Because I understand why they, they wanted that, because there's been problems with the returner this year. Sure. And as soon as he's he's ready, he can go. But you see injuries happen at, on punt return all the time. And so was a little surprising in a quote-unquote ramp up that they used him as the returner. But you saw what he can do. I mean, it it's pretty clear that this is the best option for them moving forward, especially if Hardman is going to continue to be involved with, with the offense. Kadarius Tony should, should be back there. And so I think it'll be more that that is what Andy Reid told me this week. It was this idea of, all right, we had 10 snaps last week. If he's good, we'll increase. So maybe you see something in the range of 15 to 25 this, this week. And nothing to worry about with Chris Jones. If he's back practicing today and he was, I think he's all right. He was yeah. sick last week too, right? Like he was sick at the carried. end of last week, ended up being questionable for the game played seemed like he was still sick to start this week did not appear in practice on Tuesday but made his way back to the field today so I I feel like if he put in a full practice which he did he should be fine for Saturday and you know with these guys presumably having the same illness I think that's a good sign for what would be Saunders and Dana where maybe it's not one of these week-long type of sicknesses I know all kinds of bodies respond differently but I I just tend to think it, tomorrow's injury report will be the last of the week because this weird Saturday game, and we'll see if they're able to get on the field. I, I just think if they're able to practice even limited fashion tomorrow, we, we'll see all these guys. Well, Saturday's going to be brutal, so hopefully they're 100% or at least close to it. But you're healthy, I'm healthy, Grant's healthy. Uh, Ron Kopp, he's also healthy, the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. He'll join us next here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Again, Pete Sweeney, chief editor of Arrowhead Pride. Grant Nicholson, chief editor of Parlay Wednesday. Dusty Likens, no chief involved at all, just here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Christmas edition, right? This is holiday edition. Festive. Festive. Festive is for the rest of us. Uh, for all of you that are uh, coming along for the season, stay safe out there, seriously. I know we have a lot of fun, but stay safe out there tomorrow. Temperatures will be frigid. Vision will be limited. But if you need to stay at home, you can always put on the Odyssey app. You can download the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show, which will be available almost immediately after the show. Pete Sweeney, Grant Nicholson, Dusty Liggins, and now joined by lead analyst, RKJ, Ron Cobb Jr. Mr. Ron, how are you today, man? I'm good. I'm not looking forward to uh, to the, the morning dog walk tomorrow uh, with, this, mm. with this weather report. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 we sold our season tickets this, this weekend, Saturday, too. So uh, I, anyone going out to Arrowhead this weekend, shout out to you because it is going to be very cold and it is not an important game. And so I just want to shout out anyone going out there this weekend, man. You're going to have to brave some, some cold weather. That's awesome because that's uh, that's literally a take I have uh, in later on show and after hours is you either have to be a psychotic Chiefs fan or you're getting a very very cheap ticket and you're taking advantage of it. Right. Exactly. No. I think the latter is probably a lot of that too. Honestly. So uh, good yeah. call on that, uh, Ron. So last week against Houston, um, Mahomes looks good, right? Like he looked fine. The where I want to start off with is something that I've been kind of passionate about the last two nights on air. And that is, I think it's time to just make Jarek McKinnon the feature back. Maybe that's, maybe that's an egregious statement. Maybe that's just watching the last two games and seeing that he's averaging almost 4.6 a carry almost 12. Actually he's averaging 12 yards a catch been fantastic the last two weeks. And seems like he's kind of like the lead featured back in the backfield that you need during this type of run. What say you? Yeah, you know, shout out Caleb James, first of all, new writer for us. He broke down uh, McKinnon at the site for us this week, so I'll give him a plug. But, you know, I do think your your point is, is getting, you know, harder and harder to, uh, you know, argue against because, you know, Pacheco, you know, has, has gotten better, right? He has, he has progressively gotten better and better as the season gone on. You know, he, he really does run harder. He seems to be breaking more tackles as it goes along. But, man, when you watch McKinnon run, especially in this Houston game, was a great example that vision just pops out, man. And he, and he has very, very good vision. He, he sets up his blocks so well. There's one play where he, he, he changes direction about three times before finally finding a seam and, and going up and getting about 10 yards. Cause he just has that vision. He understands he's run zone, these outside zone runs so many times in his life, right? He, it's just repetitions. And, and that's the difference between a vet like him and the rookie Pacheco. So, yeah, I, I do think there's some merit to that. You know, I do think I like what they're doing right now and, and keeping both of them fresh. You know, I, I, I do think that splitting kind of the, the touches in the backfield really will, will, will maximize them both in the postseason. But, you know, I think one, I think you're right to an extent. Once it comes down to it, we may see McKinnon just, just have more touches overall in, in these big games because, man, he, he really, as, as well as Pacheco's been running lately, McKinnon's vision really does seem to kind of Give that, give them that extra, that extra oomph in the run game, and really make it, uh, you know, maximize the the run plays. Certainly a possibility, just given the fact because of injury and otherwise that McKinnon ended up being the the back last year. I I tend to like what they're doing with with Pacheco and early downs and, right. and mixing McKinnon in because I, I I feel like McKinnon is maximized because he's used sparingly, but that is a a conversation for another day. We're talking to Ron Copper, lead analyst at Arrowhead pride. Ron, you zoned in on, on Patrick Mahomes, 
this past week. And even though it was a close call, this was just one of the more magnificent performances of his career with all the completions in a row. As you re- went back in and looked at the film, what did you see from, from Mahomes this past weekend? Right. You know, the completions really was the big, the big stat of the game and, and really was a story of the game that, you know, he had the highest completion percentage in NFL history for any game uh, with 40 or more pass attempts. Uh, the 88% completion percentage. That's only five incompletions for the game. And and what's funny was with my review was a lot of what I was pointing out was, was some of the, the incompletions, right, or some of the plays that didn't actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, turn into completions or a touchdown. And that's what made this game, you know, amazing to me was that we're a few plays away from this being one of the all-time box scores of Mahomes' career. Um, there, there was the first drive of the game, you know, uh, a pressure from Orlando Brown Jr.'s side, unfortunately kind of affects his follow-through and, and a wide-open MBS streaking down the field. Unfortunately, the ball is thrown short of him because of that. And then you see a, a little later, later in the first half, you know, I love this. You know, they're backed up at the three-yard line. Andy yeah. calls a play-action fake from under center, and, and they get it. They got Justin Watson five yards of separation behind the whole defense, and a little pressure does force Mahomes to kind of have to, you know, throw it. And maybe it's not, you know, a perfect throw, but man, uh, I really think Justin Watson could have, could have tracked the ball better, uh, you know, caught it under or got under it and, and ran under it and, and caught it. So when you factor those two plays in uh, that, those two, two of those plays were five incompletions. I mean, and then you think about the fact they didn't have a single completion in the second half. He was just so good decision-making wise, you know, understanding, hey, the pass is here, it's in rhythm, I'm going to get it here. But if it wasn't, he scrambled, and he had a very efficient scrambling day as well. Only three scrambles, but all of them either moved the chains and scored a touchdown. That was the most impressive part to me was just he, there was no wasted dropbacks, no wasted throws from him for the most part. Two, three of his incompletions came in the first two drives when the, the whole offense kind of started off um, uh, mucky. So 31-33 to end the game. That is pretty good, I would say, and, and I definitely think it strengthened his MVP case. Ron, when you watch this offense uh, kind of go through the week in and week out struggle, it seems like, I mean, they finally got Kelsey back in the, involved in the offense, but it's also kind of, it seems like the Watson play, I don't know if you want to count that as a drop, and then the MVS, Mahomes is like a couple yards short. Are they, is it just kind of late season just antics, or is it more so like they're still just, you know, we're week 15, it, 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 Rome wasn't built a day, are we still just like a little bit further away from being completely gelled? Yeah, I, I do think it would be nice. I, I think the offense, I should say, I'll, I'll say this. I think the offense is gelling to an extent. I really think the run game gelling is, is the biggest part of this, and I think we're seeing that momentum continue to build, and I love how they're hitting that stride right now. I think some of the pass game stuff, I think, again, we, we may be underrating a little bit of, of not having Tony in the lineup um, all, you know, all the time. Obviously, he returned this past weekend. And then McCole Hardman, I really think he's been an underrated um, you know, part of of maybe, you know, the offense maybe not doing as much as they could or be or, or maximizing, you know, their performances. You know, he is a real a, a huge part, plays a huge role. He, he's one of the only skilled players that has been on the team, you know, for, for the entirety or almost the entirety of the Mahomes era um, compared to the rest of the guys. But I would say defense is really the, the main the main one that I, I, I would like to see kind of hit a stride a little better um, or, or at some point and Man, it, it just that is the one that is the one thing where in the years past you saw them hit that stride. You saw them go on streaks of okay, they only allowed nine points, ten points. You know, they had these games where the offense didn't score a lot of points, but they still won because the defense. You know, the Cowboys game always comes back to me last year. You know, they really shut down Dak Prescott in that offense. 
we're not seeing any of those performances down the stretch of this season. And that is one of the concerning things to me. I know we've talked about it with you guys, but um, I, I definitely think that is the one where, you know, I think the offense, you know, if there's some, there's some hits and misses, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily them gelling or not. I think, I think they're in a rhythm. The run game tells me that, you know, the offensive line playing better tells me that. But, man, I really would like to see the defense kind of hit a, uh, a streak of confidence or just a streak of games where maybe they look a little better than they have uh, the rest of the season. Ron, I'm going to press you on, on the defense here, and I think this is the only thing that, that matters here in Kansas City, which is now a Super Bowl or bus city. Let's just assume that the playoffs would start tomorrow, and that would mean the Chiefs are the two seed hosting the, the Dolphins. Do you think that this defense is good enough right now before they play these next three regular season games, like I said, playoffs starting tomorrow, do you think this good defense is good enough right now for the Chiefs to win four games in a, in a row and, and win the Super Bowl? Why or why not? Four games in a row is a lot, yep. and that's why this this is so this this bye week is so important. And really, just because of, of simple math, just the prob- the probabilities, right? Just the fact that you don't have to win that extra game. You know, you you I'll, you ask me directly, I'll say no. I'll say how the defense right. is right now. I would not trust them to win four games in a row, especially being that two seed. One of them is going to be on the road, um, you would assume, right? You know, obviously Buffalo being the one seed. Um, I, I just, the thing with this defense that's really, you know, um, driving me crazy, I guess, or just maybe I, I really need to see better mm-hmm. is just the playmaking, man. I know we've talked about it, but a guy like Willie Gay Jr., you know, he has the pick six a couple of weeks ago, but – do we all remember? We all remember a couple the the years past, right? Where Willie Gay is jumping in front of slant routes and and and, mm-hmm. and almost had the lead league in picks last year. I just I'm not seeing that same playmaking. And I've already talked about the safeties, the difference of playmaking from years past. If if we can get those those turnovers, you know, the turnovers being created a little more down the stretch, and and I see some more of that, I'll I'll maybe feel more confident. But man, the, I, I really think the defense just doesn't do enough. As much as this is an offensive team. The defense does need to contribute with, with big plays, and, and I don't think they do that enough, and, and that's the difference in this year and, and years past. Well, Ron, we appreciate your time as always. Stay safe tomorrow. Stay warm. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours, and we will uh, talk to you next week if we do this again. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas. You as well. Merry Christmas, Ron. That is Ron Kopp, lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. Said some interesting things. Um, text line doesn't like some of the takes. Uh <laughs> That's a terrible take. He's never stayed healthy as the feature back and as the perfect tandem. Pacheco averaging five yards a carry. The reason I say that, and I know we got to get to a break, but the reason I say that is because you know how many times Jarrett McKinnon's fumbled in his career? Yeah. Four times. He had three fumbles in one year with Minnesota. You know how many times Pacheco's fumbled this year? Yeah. Four. Yeah. He's missing blitzes. He's fumbling the ball that is leading to touchdowns. That can't happen in the playoffs or you will not make it out of round one. I, I think you're right in the sense of when the ball is in McKinnon's hands, Man, it, it feels magical right now. I mean, yes. It, it is. But I, I think that part of that is a product of the usage. Sure. I think if they were using him on every down, it that wouldn't be the case. And I, I think I think they got it right. What is a concern for me, if you're talking about concerns in the running back room, is I like the tandem as it is with Pacheco in early downs. You're right about the pass protecting. A lot of times you don't have to do that as much on the early downs, and then you put McKinnon in. What What I worry about is – you got a good thing going. There's been rumblings this week about Clyde potentially re-entering the mix. And I, I just think you got a good one-two punch finally. You've been looking for this for a long time. Clyde, he's had games for you where he's been good, but 
if you're rolling in the sense of fight, you got finally feel like you got the run game right. Mm-hmm. I don't think you mess with that. I don't either. You know? Yeah. Um, but either way, we come back. There's a new team on the matchup screen. It's not Houston anymore. Now it's Seattle. What that means for Spags and his defense. And there is a wide receiver. Seems to be an issue for this secondary. All that more coming on the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back in Arrowhead Pride Radio Show on a Wednesday night. Like every Wednesday night here on 610 Sports Radio during the Chiefs season. Pete Sweeney, Grant Nicholson, Dusty Likens with you. Sure. So, Hmm. I don't know if this team is anywhere in the same room as the Kansas City Chiefs, just like the previous, what, two, Houston and Denver, and the future to Vegas and Denver, yeah. right? I think Seattle is a tier level above those teams, maybe two levels above those teams, depending on how many levels you have uh, in the NFL. Shout out Avicii, uh, RIP. But uh, I'll say this. Okay. Seattle's got a matchup issue that I'm concerned with this week, and that's DK Metcalf. Yeah. I think anytime you have a 900-yard receiver who's gigantic, 6'3", and you're up against really a, a young crop of defensive backs when you when you're talking about rookies and even Legarius Sneed, we forget, but I mean he's still a young guy. I believe he's in his third year here. So I think you gotta go in and, and realize there's gonna be moments and, and plays where DK Metcalf gets you. But I but to me this is so clearly the weapon you gotta take away. Right. Mm-hmm. You can put an added focus, you can give safety help, you can double and I got to believe if you're able to manage DK Metcalf to the tune of, let's say, 50-ish, mm-hmm. 75-ish, you're going to win the game. Yeah. Seattle needs to, to to continue to build around him. They're really hurt, I think, by the fact that Lockett's not going to play in this game. I'm, I'm sure that's disappointing to the entire Lockett family with, with the connections in Kansas State and Kansas City with, with the Chiefs. But I think it, it helps that he isn't in the mix because now you can sort of zone in Again, run game first because you know they want to run the ball, and then it's just managing Metcalf. The other thing that's kind of an interesting uh, watch is Kenny Walker, running back that can really play physical. Obviously, a rookie, not a whole lot of on on tape stuff, but has been good. Is there any concern about Geno Smith, who's been because the way I look at this Seattle team is they have a wide receiver who is confident as all hell. I don't know why he wouldn't be. He's gigantic. He's fast. It seems that Spags' defense with these young corners have issues covering. And again, I'm not trying to make terrible takes and say that DK Metcalf should be contained. He's a great wide receiver. I think he's a top seven wide receiver in the league, but top 10. But the thing is, is you have a quarterback that is, you know, trying to prove all the haters wrong continuously, a team that is trying to fight its way as far away possible to get into the playoffs. And 
this team with Pete Carroll is kind of that gambler's mentality that Doug Peterson guys are, Frank Wright kind of guys are, that just they go out here and they don't care about what's on the front of the jersey. Mm -hmm. Some teams will. Um, Some teams do play that way. But this seems like a game that with the temperature affecting some things, a little bit of numbness out there, is this going to be another one of those sloppy type of football games where the Chiefs are, I believe, what, right now a nine-and-a-half-point favorite or a nine-point favorite? Maybe that's a little egregious. I don't know. I think it was around there yesterday at least. I'm not sure they cover that just because of the dog mentality that it is in the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, we just got the Seahawks injury report that came out as, okay. as we're on the air, and Ken Walker didn't go again. I think you're you're right, though, as far as what this game means for Seattle. They're They're in a position at 500 where they need to put wins together. It doesn't matter who they're up against. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of desperation mode. And it's the, it's the last team, in my opinion, that the Chiefs are going to face with anything real tangible to play for. I know that people want to make a case for the Raiders. I just, I just don't see it for them. I, and so you got to know that. I mean, there's always a natural target on, on Kansas city, but they're going to go all out to try to win this game. Their, their playoffs in the, in a sense have started. I just don't think, especially with the injuries and then you look at the quarterback matchup. I, I understand that it was Mahomes versus a two quarterback tandem, and I understand that Russell Wilson made it a game. Uh, I understand all that, but mm-hmm. I just you can't see Seattle being able to to, to pull this off in, in that weather, especially at Arrowhead Stadium, in my opinion. So the other side, you kind of alluded to it earlier on the show, but the uh, um, playoff picture as of Week 15. We talked about this briefly. You talked about it with Carrington on the drive. The thing that I find interesting is it seems like it's poetic justice if the Chiefs can get back to the Super Bowl, right? If, in fact, they started today or this weekend, Miami plays Kansas City at Arrowhead, that's obviously going to be a primetime game. Tyreek Hill comes back home. It's the dream. Like, I feel like if the Chiefs can get this type of playoff run, it is an Arrowhead pride dream. You get Tyreek Hill, Kansas City as basically a – just the start of it. You win that game, and let's say that uh, Cincinnati and and Tennessee beat the Chargers and, and the Ravens. Then in the divisional round, you get the the Bengals. the payback, right? You get Burrow revenge back game. in Kansas City. It's yep. it's the revenge of the AFC Championship game. Another important big day for our pride. And then if all goes well and everything else falls into place, which you know it never does, but if it were to <laughs> in this perfect world. It's Chiefs Bills in Buffalo, rematch of this year, rematch of last year, rematch of the previous year, but this time it's on their turf. Yeah. Um that's tough, man. That's I mean, you thought the first five weeks of the season were hard. That's that's a brutal playoff stretch. You're waiting you 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 forgot the 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 main course, the Andy Reid Bowl waiting for you. I don't know if they can get there yet. Like San Francisco scares me. <laughs> that's a very weak Brock like have Purdy? you seen have you seen the NFC picture? It's Philadelphia. Washington, Minnesota, the Giants, the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Bucks. Nobody on that side scares me. And I don't – the one seed that's always the dominant team on that side always seems to falter. I think the – we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But I, I think right. the Eagles would be a team that, that would give you fear. I agree with you where you look at the rest of the conference, and I think you feel pretty good about the Chiefs' chances. But to get there, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. it is a gauntlet in the AFC. It is a complete gauntlet, and – you know that if it were to be Chiefs Miami, Tyreek Hill would be juiced up for their, that game. They run the entire offense through him. You know, you you sort of play the exchange game. It could be the Chargers, could be the Patriots if you stay mm-hmm. in that two seed. And I I think 
more than anything, of course, you're taking care of business now, but I, I think that's why you're rooting so hard for for someone to knock off these bills, which which almost happened last week. Because if you can get back in position, I think you're going to be sitting pretty because all these teams that we mentioned in the AFC, man, one or two of them are going to be gone while you're just putting your feet up and, and watching these games. And so it's just win the games you're supposed to, Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders, and then maybe, maybe, just maybe, Buffalo slips up here. They have a tough stretch. I mean, I know that we're going to be watching a lot of scoreboards uh, over the next three weeks. I believe Cincinnati is New England, then Buffalo, then Baltimore, and Buffalo is, who do they have this week, the Patriots? No, that, but no it, goes, oh. it, goes, it goes Chicago. That's right. It's a trap game, then Cincinnati, then. Yes. Yeah, that's right. New England. You believe in trap games? I believe in Justin Fields. I think there are times right now that where Justin Fields looks like Michael Vick to me, Oof. if not, if not, maybe a little bit more upside, just depending on, on how he can can, throw the football. You know, we, we don't know his ceiling yet, which is right. really interesting. Um, I think that Justin Fields is going to have one of these signature games that you remember before. It's like the pre-launch. Okay, we've seen flashes of what he has been able to do this year and it's far too late for the bears to make any noise. They're they're three and 11 at the, the bottom of the conference, but yeah. what they have left is Buffalo and then they have the lions Ooh. and then they have the Vikings. So they're just here to play spoiler. One of these games they're going to get, I'm telling you at least one of them because of Justin Fields. And I, I think you could tell that they have building blocks. They're going to be an interesting team next year, but before the, the team is interesting, the year after they always seem to grab one of these games that you remember. And yeah, I think it's possible. I believe they're eight and a half point favorite or underdogs. I should say against the Buffalo bills. I think it's possible that they shock the world and man, how great would that be in, in Kansas city? What a Christmas present that would be to wake up after Christmas and to, to have control again. Yep. And you thought the temperatures would be cold in Kansas city that day. They're going to be cold in Chicago too. Minus 11 is the windshield for that Whoa. game. At the kick time. So yeah, welcome one to the, the Midwest in the wintertime. One of those hits on the sideline if you're an NFL network reporter where you, you, you try to pour the water out and let it turn into smoke. Mm. I don't know if they get into that kind of science, but I know that the science is Justin Fields is very fast, and I would love to see a trap game actually kind of pay out. We come back, we get into the mailbag. It's the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. All right, let's ride. Let's pride. Aaron Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson with you all here tonight on a Wednesday night. That was fast. A quick one. Are you, um, are you until 9 o'clock after this? I am. After hours, man. And then it's uh, we battle the cold. It is what it is. Are you going to eat enchiladas after this? Can't wait. How'd you know that? How'd I feel? Well, you know, sometimes it'd be like that, Pete. I, uh, I'm not excited, though, to uh, have to uh, deal with the cold weather yep. on a, a brisk walk, but uh, I don't want to be obese, so I'll fight it. And I know I'm not doing it for the next three days because there's no way I'm going out in a negative 17-degree windshield. You're going to shovel tomorrow? No, I'll be here, actually. I'm filling in for uh, Alex Gold, so I'll be with Cody Tapp tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Doing the uh, Plus, it's blowing snow, so I don't think you can really. They said it's going to be like a, like a dust. You know what I mean? Watch out for that. Slip and fall suit. You don't shovel. 
Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. So a few serious ones and a few so not serious ones. One I will start with. Does Andy Reid come to the press box or to the press box to the podium in the postgame press conference in a Santa suit? <laughs> He's known to do this. He, he did it once, I think. Like three years ago. A couple years back. But they played on Christmas, didn't they? I think they played on Christmas. I think there's a possibility of that. It would have to be a win, of course. If they, oh, yeah. They're upset by the Seahawks. There'll be no no Santa suit. I'm going to say be, I think he does things once, but maybe there is some kind of Christmas flavor okay. with him. I feel like he's a big Christmas guy. Loves Christmas. He's jolly. Yeah. It's an excuse to kind of just veg out and, and, and not give a rip about what you're putting in your body. It is kind of nice from a media and I'm sure player and coach standpoint, uh-huh. that you get the, the game done with midway through Saturday pretty much and oh, yeah. just enjoy the weekend after that. 3.30, you're getting out of the stadium, getting that VIP exit. feel for those NFL cities that are playing on Sunday. That, that That's a tough, tough draw, as they say. I mean, I guess. Chiefs have done it several times. Um, all right, so we get into the mailbag, Arrowhead Pride mailbag. mailbag. This from uh, Ethan Gaines. Uh, E-Gains 2008. I would assume that's a high school graduation class. Either way, uh, why are fans so quick to jump on defense on the defense and not take act on the offense? Hasn't it just been uh, a turnover ratio and setting up the defense with a short field? Well, that, that's kind of what I've been trying to get people to realize is if they were to simply clean up the turnovers, you just would feel a lot better about these games results. It's the turnovers. It's the turnover differential. And when you have turnovers, and Andy Reid said this too, when you have turnovers and you have penalties, now some of that was my guy Sheffers just throwing flag after flag, but mm. when you have both of those things, then it's going to look a lot closer against a, a lesser team. And so those are two things that are fixable. You can clean up ball security and, and penalties on a week-to-week basis. Like They may have no fumbles and very little penalties mm-hmm. on Saturday, and I, I bet they beat the Seahawks by more than 10 if they're able to do that. This is another question kind of directed towards the defense, but with all the talk lately about the defense from uh, A.G. Moggy uh, on Twitter. so A.G. Moggy. I don't think we'll ever have a repeat name on this show. Uh, with all the talk lately about the defense and all the stats being thrown around, here's a question, Pete. Yeah. How much of the problem is on the players and how much of it is on the scheme slash coaching? Well, it, like anything, it's, it's a little bit of both. I would tell you... The, t- the players need to tackle a little bit better. I mean, and they, they've been open with that. I mean, they've, they've been saying that and, and the coaching staff has, has said it. You can only put them in the right position, right? These rookies, defensive backs now I'm talking about. Mm. You can put them in the right position and sometimes they're just getting beat and beat to the point of just being wide open. And a lot of that is going to be experience. Um, and some of that falls on Steve Spagnuolo. Like if you were dealing with younger players and maybe – yeah. You need to simplify it. Maybe it shouldn't be as exotic. So I think everyone shares a little bit of that, but we are very quick to just blame Spags when I think, A, these younger players that are rookies and some of these returners that are young, like a Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, could be playing a little bit better. I know that Bolton has like a million tackles. 137. But, when, but there are times, for example, with him in particular, not to pick on him, but you're on a one-on-one in the open field. 
you're not feeling that great about that situation right now. I, you know, that could that could stand to be better. And and again, I think this is something they could, they have three weeks to improve before you start to play these games that matter. Um, this one from Jared Steele. Uh, if he plays health, if he stays healthy, do you see Travis Kelsey getting to a tenth straight one thousand yard season? Loaded yeah. question. Um, do you think he can ultimately get to and pass Tony G for the all time yards record? I think he can. What'll be interesting is if he is able to stay healthy enough to continue to play till his late thirties. Will he? Will it be here? The Chiefs make tough business decisions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I know that you're you're you probably turn your head like Travis Kelsey. Remember when they cut Eric Berry and cut Justin Houston and said goodbye to Tamba Ali and allowed Derek Johnson to go to the Raiders? Like at that point, we'll see, right, what the the Chiefs end up doing. But mm-hmm. I think when it's around that time, let's say he does play another six or seven years, which he has told me that he wants to play until his body gives out. Yeah, you said he has to be dragged out of the field, dragged off the field. Yeah. Will he work with the Chiefs on a? Con- I tend to think he'll do anything to stay in Kansas City, but will Kansas City want that at that point? They, and so I, I do. I, I, I think that's possible for him because of how long he wants to play. But it, the question mark is, is health, and then that's that tough question of, will it be here? I think everyone hopes it would be, um, but, it, but again, they'll, that both sides will have to give a little bit on that. Can I ask a personal question about the locker room feel? This is serious. Mm-hmm. Was there any sort of like because? Townsend comes out and says, Andy Reid says, don't worry about any outside sources, what they say. Nobody knows anything except for in here. <laughs> then the next domino that fall is Colquitt goes audio right. and says, laces out, you smart, know, smart Alec, whatever. Yeah. And tries to over analytically tell you how a field goal should mm-hmm. be kicked and held and everything. Then Townsend wins defensive player or special teams player of the week. Butker has the quote where he basically says everything that you need to hear. Like I should be focusing on the ground, not the football. Is there like a, a love loss with Dustin Colquitt in this team? Like, cause I was trying to figure out today, right? He was released the year they won the Super Bowl, right? He, he was on the team, oh, he, but they brought him back. Didn't he? Cause he was cut. Was it, was that like a different he season? He was on the Super Bowl team. I knew that, but wasn't he on the Browns to start that season? No. And then, okay, so he was on the roster he, at the beginning he, of the season. He came back for that second try. They okay. ended up losing. All right. Fair so enough. he was on. He, his his real final year was that championship. So is he just sour grapes? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I think he does have a point. I think the operation could stand to, to be better. I, I don't think he's incorrect about that. It's a little odd how he's going about it. It, it is almost like someone that was stewing mm-hmm. and stewing and stewing about this thing. And finally, there was an opening to say something Mm -hmm. and he did and in that situation you're welcome to go on radio stations and say something you're also welcome to maybe have those conversations privately Uh, he didn't choose to to do that and and so now everything's out in the open and i I give kudos to dave tobe say what you want about dave tobe i know that he's made fans a little unhappy this year i know that some fans don't want to see him back but i I think he's a pretty good coach. He's done a pretty good job since 13. And, and something that I like about him is that, man, he, he just comes out and he, he talks about it. And he, he's not afraid to mention Dustin's name. Like, there are definitely some coaches out there that would have took the podium today and not even muttered whoever was talking about him and said, we're just keeping things internal. But he's, he's, he basically came out and said, I don't need Dustin to tell me. And I love that attitude. Yeah. And I, I love that from coaches. And we love that in the media. And now it's go and fix it so Dustin has nothing to talk about it. It just, 
it's a in me in my opinion it's a little bit of a bad look because this is a beloved guy and you're gi- right. you're giving people reasons like not to like you as much. To me, it's a lazy take. To me, it's, it's like it's it's a correct take, but I just feel like it, it wasn't necessary. In my, this is just my opinion. Right, you're, you're you're hearing Pete Sweeney talking. It wasn't necessary to to kind of go about it as he did. I just think that the way that it was brought up, it's it's like a mechanic explaining to you what a flat tire is when everyone obviously knows what's going on. Sure. It's like, well, the problem is with the cold air, the air decrease, and all that. It's like, no, we understand. There's something that needs to be fixed. It's an in-house problem. You were a punter. Yes, you held this role where they hold the football and toward the, for the field goal kicker to kick it. But it's like, it just seems like there's a lot of sour grapes. I don't know if there was like a, a brutal ending to the to the. He's also r- very close to Butker, and I think felt yeah. like if he was, and he has a point. I mean, he was one of the more reliable Chiefs for years. Yeah, and they said, "Yeah, we'll see you." We got yeah. this young kid now, and he's replacing you. Goodbye. And it was very quick, and that's tough. And, that's the and business, I, man. And he, you know, he's trying to defend his guy, Butker. Yeah. Thing is now, everyone's going to be watching that hold. If that hold's perfect, mm. and Butker still misses. Laces out. He's going to look even dumb, dumber now. So, Speaking of dumb and dumber, now it feels like we're in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. It's Pete Sweeney, Grant Nicholson. This is Eric Pride Radio. What's coming up the rest of the week? Real quick. Yeah, same old. We're, we're going to get get ready, guys, ready for Saturday. Everyone, Everything's just a day earlier, so yeah. keep it locked in. We'll keep you updated on injuries and, and whatnot, and then stay tuned right here, 610sportsradio.com. You're the man. Coming up next, it's After Hours on 610 Sports Radio as Pete Sweeney gets home to burrow in before the cold. I'm Dusty Likens. We're out of here for Aaron Pride Radio. Woo!